Hello, and welcome back to Wish You All the Best, a personal podcast about modern dating. I'm your host, Scott Simmons. Um, it has been a little while. Uh, I've missed you. I'm sorry for the radio silence. Um, I've got a crossover episode for you today, sort of, kind of. I was in Austin, um, and I was able to meet up with Charlotte Warren, um, who has a podcast called Welcome to the Peasant Party. Um, and she's been on this podcast a couple of times. I always really enjoy the conversations I have with her. Uh, and I happened to be in Austin, so we hopped into a studio. Uh, and yeah, I've recorded an episode for her pod. Uh, and I'm just going to throw it in your feed here so you can give it a listen if you want. Um, go find her stuff if you'd like. It's a little different from what I do. I can't say that she and I agree 100% of the time, but I think it'd be really boring if we did. Um, and I really always always really really enjoy our conversations um so yeah it's called welcome to the peasant party you can go find her on tiktok or wherever you get podcasts i think she's on instagram as well um and yeah i am i'm subscribed i always like her stuff uh and yeah i'm just gonna throw uh, uh the episode here in your feed um so give it a listen see what you think um okay yeah enjoy here we go Kings, queens, everything in between. We're back at the Peasant Party Podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Warren. Scott, you want to introduce yourself? You're so sweet. Hey, everybody. I'm Scott Simmons. Um, I've got a podcast called Wish You All the Best. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited to be here. I'm so excited to meet you in person. You as well. Yeah, I think I've been on your pod twice. We had some great conversations. I think some of the memories I have are talking about things like the loss of the third space and how that affects dating, yeah. things like that. Um, so I had a great experience going on your podcast. I think one, like, both of them were in the morning. I had my cup of coffee and I think that was a great way to have a conversation. A lot of times it's like end of the day, like, you know, things like that. But it was a great experience. Um, you know, love talking about men's issues, you know, dating from, you know, a, a man's perspective, as well as your discussion on topics of like, you know, I'm you know, a man that goes to therapy and um, yeah. is emotionally intelligent and how do things look without, um, you know, kind of that men versus women kind of gender yeah. debates you seem to see like when people are talking about dating on social media like I hate that all of a sudden when people talk about dating podcasts they think of those like a bunch of people sitting around the table and having a screaming pissing contest at each other like those aren't guys yeah those yeah. aren't dating podcasts to me those are just angry people screaming at each other but for some reason they call themselves podcasts your podcast is not like that yeah no thank you I, I really it's a passion project podcast it's it is not as cool I'll say it's not as cool as welcome to the peasant party um, but I'm trying um, and really what I'm trying to do is kind of make space for or men to have vulnerable conversations around dating. I think a lot of the content out there for aimed at men, like if you're a guy who's getting out there trying to date, um, a lot of the content out there that you're going to find when you look something up and try to figure out how to do it is is garbage, is really, mm -hmm. really bad. It's, it's um, feeding into a lot of unhealthy stuff. And I think men just need to be more kind of vulnerable and open and, and kind of talk to each other and support each other around dating because dating is really important. Finding you know, a relationship, finding that person who is going to be your person, however you want to do that is, is a really important thing. And, and it, yeah, so, so I just, I'm trying to make space to have those conversations in a way that's healthy. I'm certainly not an expert and I, I know there are other people doing the same thing, but yeah, I wanted to sort of add my voice to that conversation. Absolutely. And, um, I guess just a, a kind of a big, maybe too big of a question is why do you think some of the more like toxic, you know, male dating content has so much appeal? Like some of those, um, I know they call themselves like the red pill or like the fresh and fit. Like what, what, what was attractive about that to men? How to come so many men seem to fall into that trap? Yeah. yeah that's a, that's a huge question and a great question. Um, okay. I think two things, I think social media mm -hmm. and I think, I think we're living in a world where men are kind of catching up to feminism. Mm -hmm. Um, so let me cover social media 
media first, my take on that. You know, social media, as we all know, like the, the hottest takes percolate up to the top, right? Mm -hmm. With the exception of Welcome to the Peasant Party, there's a lot of TikTok content out there, um, you know, content out there that, that the reason that it shows up in your feed is because it really pissed somebody off. Mm -hmm. Some people really agree with it and it makes them mad and some people really disagree with it and it makes them mad. The algorithm doesn't know the difference. The algorithm just knows that this is going to get a response out of you and it's going to be able to show you more ads, right? Mm -hmm. I think social media is has been really harmful to a lot of conversations these days and like the internet has just changed the way we do things and that's just real. But I think that's definitely happened for the dating discourse. Um, and yeah, I think I think because of that, you get a lot of like men versus women mm -hmm. because those hot takes really, really drive people to doom scroll, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the other piece of that, the bigger piece of that, I think, is that like so I, there was a I should have grabbed the grabbed a screenshot, but there was this there was this tweet that I saw recently um, that was like someone saying that our, our parents did a very, very good job raising our daughters or mm -hmm. our parents did a good job raising their daughters to 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 know that they can be whatever they want to be, which mm -hmm. is awesome, which is fantastic. Whatever you think about the term feminism or whatever, I think it's uh, incontrovertible to say or it, it, I think you, it's safe to say that like feminism has changed the world, I think for the better. Uh, women are not are not consigned to be only like uh, you know someone's companion, and that's like mm -hmm. all they can do, right? And that's awesome and good. But I think men, and it's not, I don't think it's really our fault. It's just we haven't had the time to do it. But mm -hmm. men, we haven't really had the time as a as a culture, as a um, we, you know, we don't really have the vocabulary. I think to like adapt to that, to like mm -hmm. be healthy and happy in a world where. Um, where feminism has done all that work. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I can totally see like boys grow up into men. Like I think one thing like I've noticed, and I'm blanking on where I saw it, but just you go from being this like young, cute boy that everybody is, you know, oh, you're so cute. Like, look at you going and playing sports. And then one day you're taller than everybody. You're scared. You're, all of a sudden you're scary. Yeah. You go from being cute, sweet boy. And then you're, you know, 5'10", 5'11", 6 foot. And um, you know, people are scared of you as you walk down the street because, you know, it's, um, you know, women a lot of times like the thing that could hurt you most is a man and stuff yeah. like that. And there's not always, you know, that those lessons and being equipped on how to handle that. Yeah. Um, and I can only imagine it's hard. Yeah. And, and, and I think like I, be, I think our minds move faster than our hearts. Mm -hmm. and, and here's what I mean by that. Like, I think like intellectually, we all understand that like. Yes, you know, a woman can do a job just as well as a man and, and you know, we're not we're not living in the 50s anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think our hearts are still like collectively the traditions, the the, the culture we have around romance. Mm -hmm. I think our hearts move a little more slowly. You know, like yeah. I think we're still a little like as a man, I'm totally guilty of this. Like I, there are I do want to be a provider. kind of. Mm -hmm. I do sort of. That helps get that chemistry there, you know, mm -hmm. that, that little spark that you ha you have to mm -hmm. have if you're going to have that romantic connection with someone special, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the women that I've talked to and on my podcast, my podcast is mostly aimed at making space for men to have conversations. But like most of the people who I can get to talk to me on it mm -hmm. are women because women want to talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the women I talk to say like they need to feel pursued mm -hmm. in order to feel that romantic spark and like that's just chemistry you can't mm -hmm. you can't like think your way out of that right mm -hmm. so even though these are women who are fine on their own honestly a lot of the women who i've talked to like probably do earn more than the men they'll end up being in mm -hmm. relationships being in relationships with um and you know are, are just fine on their own mm -hmm. but they want romantic connection mm -hmm. but they have to feel pursued in order to feel that and mm -hmm. i think 
you know, I kind of hope that future generations don't have that, maybe, but I think mm -hmm. it's certainly true right now. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Um, yeah, because I, I think there's a lot of women where no matter how successful they are, they still want the, you know, opening the car door and they want the, you know, they, they like it where it's like the, you know, the guy pays pays the check and stuff like that. And um, I think that is something that's hard to go away. Like you still want you grew up watching your princess movies and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, maybe you want to be a doctor, but yes, you would like a, a nice gentleman to open your car door and, and come up to your door and, you know, bring you flowers and stuff like that. Yeah. So like thought, I think everyone, and everyone talks about it too. Like it, everyone always makes it seem like it's so binary as well. Like, Oh, well, if you want to be a, a woman who works hard, you want to be this feminist, like kiss all of that. Goodbye. You either get to, you know, be this 50, 50, you're both outside chopping wood together and right. you're both contributing the same amount of money to your relationship or you can have this traditional where it's you stay home, um, you know, be a Burger King cashier or something. So because guys don't even care. And then he does all the providing. And yeah. I, it, does, it also just to me, it, the relationships I see that, you know, end in, in marriage don't look like that. So it's yeah. just it's very interesting that social media has painted it that way. Yeah, it, 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 it's like it's again, it's a dichotomy, I think, driven by social media between like trad wife and mm -hmm. whatever modern progressive opposite is. And, and I, I don't think that's. I don't think that, that, that dichotomy is real. Mm -hmm. I think we're all kind of figuring it out as we go. And there isn't a clear answer because this is an interesting time to be alive. Like we're mm -hmm. figuring the stuff out as we go. And it's, it's t not totally clear. I, I will say for like the paying for dinner thing, like a cheat for guys mm -hmm. out there, I, I will usually say to women, like, is it okay if I cover the check? Like not mm -hmm. in an expectations kind of way, just because mm -hmm. men are systemically overpaid. Mm -hmm. And that like lets me kind of be the provider and like mm -hmm. do that thing that I kind of mm -hmm. want to do a little bit and but also in a way that's not not like slimy or like mm -hmm. I expect something you know what yeah I mean? oh totally yeah and I always I like I do know women as well who like on principle I like to pay my half on the first date so we just walk away even just in case so it's it's very interesting also just dating in general is a relatively new thing so this idea of like how dating used to be you know, I think up until like the early 1900s, like there wasn't really, you know, dating in a sense. It was, you know, here, like I'll give your dad four pigs and now I get a wife kind of thing. Right, right. I'm a little older. I'm 45. So I've been on and off the dating apps for uh, like 15 years. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, I met my uh, now ex-wife, Anoki Cupid. She's a wonderful, amazing person. It didn't work out. We both tried our best. Um, but I've seen kind of dating apps evolve from what they were um, when, the, when it was okay Cupid to what mm -hmm. it is today. But I think I think the internet, like even beyond sort of like trading women as chattel, you know, mm -hmm. property, uh, like modern dating, like the internet has, I think, drastically changed dating. Mm -hmm. And it, we're not going to go back. Like there's no way. Yeah. Well, it's it's so convenient, I think, for people. You can meet someone while you're on the toilet, basically. And you do, and you will. Like, and you can and you will, yeah. Yeah, like I'm, you know, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, I think um, before we go into, into things, um, if someone wants to start listening to Wish You the Best podcast, um, what episode do you recommend they start with? Do you have a favorite episode? Oh, well, a couple episodes. I had this awesome guest, Charlotte Warren. It was Thank Those you. were amazing episodes. Um, I have an episode. Uh, so it's called Wish You All the Best. And it's called yes. Wish You All the Best because like, you know, when you're dating somebody after the first or second date and they don't the want to see you text, again. breakup text, yeah. yeah. Wish yeah. You All the Best. Yep. I, I, we've always gotten it. There's one that's, uh, I think the title is like uh, uh, Just Scott um, and it's my dating app process. And especially for men, that's just me giving a quick and dirty like run through of like how I use the apps um, in a way that like preserves my sanity mm -hmm. um, and uh, um, kind of I think helps or I don't know after doing it for a long time it's kind of what I've figured out how to do and I think it's not obvious like it's definitely stuff that I wish somebody had told me when I started I don't know 10 years ago or four years ago after I was getting back out there 
Um, but they're, they're all great. They're all different. Um, I, I put up an episode anytime I can find someone who wants to come and talk. Um, and they all bring different perspectives. And I really enjoy that. I love that. No, it's awesome. Um, and yeah I, oh yeah, I forgot to tell my origin story of how I kind of got in touch with you on TikTok. And I know you're no longer on TikTok. Um, but when I first started my TikTok journey, as some call it, um, summer of last year, um, I think I was making videos like I did um, something where, you know, I was trying to define what is or isn't a catfish. And I put it on a spectrum because... Everyone, when you think catfish, there's obviously the MTV version of a catfish where it is the 50-year-old man sitting in the basement yeah. for whatever reason trying to yeah. trick men into thinking he's an attractive woman. But then there's also kind of the, you know, is this really a catfish in a sense that, you know, maybe someone shows up and they are, you know, they're still themselves, but maybe they're a little bit heavier. They look a little different. You know, what's kind of the line between putting your best foot forward and being a catfish? Um, it kind of exists on a spectrum. And I think there was something where, you know, some some guy responded about you know it's a it's a there's so many bots out there and how do you know when someone's not a bot and I think I said something back like how do you how how could you not be able to tell the pictures are bad it's so obvious they talk like the Nigerian prince emails like mm -hmm. it's kind of on you and I think I said something like that and it was I was meant it was meant to be funny and kind of snarky but I genuinely believed that to be true I was like how do you, people fall for that and I, you reached out to me and said hey you know I I know your your intention is to to be funny and have fun with this but. This um, kind of issue of, of scamming that happens on the men's side of dating apps is actually, you know, a, th a thing you see a lot. You know, there's a lot of men out there where, you know, maybe they're new to dating. Um, they're not as social people. So how are they supposed to, you know, know what a real woman sounds like for all they know? And, mm -hmm. you know, people have been lonely. People have been struggling since COVID. And, you know, sometimes you, the that kind of clouds people's judgment and, and people do fall for these. And, um, it's, it's something that people are ashamed of. They don't like to talk about. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, maybe, um, kind of curb, curb that language. And I, I want you to be aware that this is something that happens. And it was something that really opened my eyes. I think something huge that's happened for me is on my TikTok journey, podcast journey is becoming so much more empathetic of, um, men's issues, um, and things that men face. And I, I really appreciated you sharing that insight. Um, and that's something I keep in mind too. I hate scammers. I hate people who try to like go after people hard-earned money and things like that and yeah yeah I, that's what I love about your stuff so much is that you are like you, like you're literally making the definitions like trying to figure out what the facts are and I respect that so so much mm -hmm. and you know yelling through a megaphone at people who use the term high value man or Ugh. woman like it needs to it needs to happen the scamming thing yeah I, you know it's an example of how how dating is I think in a lot of ways very different for men and for women mm -hmm. and this is all very heteronormative we're talking about mm -hmm. cisette dude yeah, yeah. but like it, it is very different and um and I think I think it's really useful to put in the time and effort for both men men and women mm -hmm. to understand what it's like for the other side because it's mm -hmm. really going to help you frame how you approach someone it's really going to help you set your expectations properly for the scam stuff yeah i think um so my, my day job is in internet security so mm -hmm. the scam stuff is like near and dear to my heart because mm -hmm. like it's it is a dating apps are a perfect attack vector for people to do scammy stuff you know as as a dude we live in a society where men are the romantic initiators mm -hmm. and that's just what it is right now mm -hmm. Do I, I hope it's different in, you know, 10, 50 years, whatever. Yeah. But right now that is what it is. Um, and what that means is that you need to be a little vulnerable. You need to be, you need to put it out there. You need mm -hmm. to like have a conversation with someone who, who you don't know if they're even a real human yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I have had, I used to put, uh, I used to take screenshots of it when I was, when I was on the apps, um, of times when I was like a hundred percent certain that I was talking to a large language model on like mm -hmm. a dating app because it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and those things are only getting better. Mm -hmm. So it's only going to get more difficult to figure out when you're talking to a machine or not, mm -hmm. which I don't know what to tell you about that. Like, I don't know how to fix that. Mm -hmm. um, 
but you know, I also want to be fair. Like, I there are absolutely scams that target women. Mm-hmm. I think scams that scams that target women tend to be more of a long con. Yeah, right? you tend to have people who like actual humans who are trying to build up a relationship with you, mm-hmm. get off the app, communicate offline, and then like three months into having this pen pal relationship where you have someone who is like. Mm-hmm hearing you, connecting with you. They say, mm-hmm. oh, I have this medical condition. Can you send me $10,000? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Grandma having a friend, grandma, you know, lost her husband, found a friend and, oh, she has this internet friend. And yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. And it, it happens. And it, th- those target men as well. But I think mostly those target women. Mm-hmm. The ones that I think really target men a lot are just the sort of really quick, like, hey, I want to hang out with you tonight. Can you send me 50 bucks for a cab over mm-hmm. PayPal? Which is bananas because like, who sends? Who, who uses a cab anymore? Like I, I would, I, I can mm-hmm. just send you an Uber if I wanted to do that, right? But like, you know, and, and I, I'm ashamed to say that I've totally fallen for that. Like mm-hmm. early on when I was first dating, it was like I'd want to get out there. I just want to meet someone. Super lonely. Like mm-hmm. let's go grab a drink. Let's go. I want to meet someone because it was it's hard it, it, for a lot of men. It can be really hard to like mm-hmm. have you know meet anybody. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that they, you know, you send 50 bucks over PayPal or whatever. You're like, great, mm-hmm. grab, grab a cab, let's get a drink. Um, and they never show. And it feels, it's heartbreaking. You know, mm-hmm. it feels, you feel dumb, you feel vulnerable. Um, but yeah, it happens. Oh, that sucks so much. Um, and I have a younger brother and I, I know um, like he's very lucky where he's, he's still in school and meeting people that way. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely like big sister bear with that kind of stuff. Good and, you. you know, definitely, yeah, like don't get scammed and appreciate you sharing that kind of insight. It's very lucky. Yeah. For you. So one of the big things you talk about in your um, podcast, the big thing you say about yourself, like I'm, I'm a man who goes to therapy. Yeah. Do you want to, I guess, give a high level about that? I know sometimes therapy for whatever reason can be a, a controversial topic when it comes yeah. up, when we're, when people talk about dating, I know there's a big kind of talk track, like, a man who's in therapy. It's the biggest green flag in the world. What is your overall kind of thought process? How can it help like a, a male dater? Do men need to be in therapy? Yeah. This is a great question. I go to therapy. I really like therapy. I recommend it to anybody. We live in a world that is nothing like the world that that our minds and bodies and hearts like evolved to exist in. Mm-hmm. Right? Like since the advent of agriculture, the world has been changing faster than our human selves can adapt. Right. So mm-hmm. we're like hunter gatherers wandering around in a world with the internet and cars and planes and mm-hmm. like, all this stuff. Right. I'm not worried about people who say that they need therapy. I'm a little worried about the people who who think that they don't. Right. Mm-hmm. Asterisk, not everybody, but mm-hmm. um, I see a ton of value in it, and, mm-hmm. and it's been very valuable for me. It's also a great privilege, mm-hmm. right? It's not cheap. Mm-hmm. Most insurance, health insurance companies, if you're lucky enough to have health insurance, uh, doesn't cover it, mm-hmm. right? So you're paying out of pocket, and mm-hmm. it's, it's just a cost, that, mm-hmm. and that is a privilege, right? I think, I think the thing that I would say about therapy is, like, for men, we are socialized, like, to stay away from doing that work. Like we Mm -hmm. are socialized to not show vulnerability, to not even think that we need help. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I just, maybe, maybe somebody's super lucky and they're just mentally healthy and they, they're whatever it is about them, about their family, about their friend group, they have what they need and they are like, they don't have anything to unpack at therapy. I think it's possible. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that for me, it's been like incredibly helpful. What I would usually find therapy was after some sort of incident or issue that, you know, really yeah. just bro- kind of broke me. And it was, I, I need someone. I don't want to burden my friends with this. Um, and kind of a challenge that I would have when choosing a therapist, aside from the fact that I would be kind of, you know, waiting until something terrible happened. 
um, is, you know, not all therapists are created equal. And it yeah. kind of is, um, you know, a, in the same way that dating is like a, a process of finding a good fit. I've met some therapists that, you know, maybe weren't didn't feel like a good fit for me. Like something for me is I always like I like to be given like tangible advice on like what to do or like, you know, here are things that are tangible. And there's a lot of therapists who maybe were trying to do like give me breathing exercises or meditation and stuff like that. My version of relaxing is like going and punching a punching bag, go. um, like going on a run, something like more aggressive like that. Um, so when I would go and it was like, let's do some breathing exercises, I would get frustrated. And I, you know, I was someone where it wasn't covered under my insurance and it was like 120 bucks to be told to breathe like yeah god damn it like that feels bananas yeah i think i think i think you're right i think finding a therapist is a lot like dating mm -hmm. um and like dating it's really good to be upfront if you can mm -hmm. really early to mm -hmm. be like this is what works for me mm -hmm. i'm somebody who like physical fitness using my body is a great way for me to feel better about mm -hmm. my mental health that's a great thing for your therapist to know mm -hmm. breathing exercises don't do it for me i don't get it that's a great thing for your therapist to know mm -hmm. um i mean my approach to finding a therapist is make appointments with three or four, mm -hmm. go to them. Um, and oftentimes therapists will will comp you like the first mm -hmm. session. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's not as expensive as it sounds. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, go on a few first quote unquote dates with mm -hmm. therapists and just sort of f figure out who you click with, figure out who you feel like you can be honest with. Mm -hmm. That's my kind of two cents on that. Um, but again, you know, maybe talking, I, I, I definitely have friends who I love dearly who like talking to a professional about deep secret personal stuff is just mm -hmm. not in the cards. Mm -hmm. And that's especially true for dudes, I think. Mm -hmm. Totally true for some women, but I think especially true for dudes, right? Totally. And like, if that's not your thing, um, you know, th then I would say like find books mm -hmm. that, that speak to you or like find some kind of practice that lets you be intentional and to do the work of like figuring out what you're bringing to the table in any relationship, let alone mm -hmm. a romantic relationship. But for me, like therapy or doing that work to figure out who you are and what you're looking for, that's really, really critical for, mm -hmm. for finding romantic connection, however you're looking for a romantic connection, because like, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to know what you bring to the table. I don't think it's easy to know really what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. These things are really deep and personal and we're super duper complicated. Human beings mm -hmm. are just crazy, crazy complicated things. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a thousand percent okay if you, if you, you know, if, if you need help in figuring that stuff out, I think. So the mailbag question is, do I have to be in therapy? Male 33 writing in with a what might be a dumb question. Do I have to be in therapy for women to look in my direction? I've been on apps for the last one and a half years, and I swear every other woman's profile I come across, age range 25 to 36, references preferring men who are in or have been to therapy. I also had this mentioned on a first date once with the woman point blank asking me if I was in therapy. I said I was not, and she said, oh, in sort of a condes sort of condescendingly in response. Mm. I have nothing against therapy, and I definitely see how some can benefit from it. However, I have not personally seen a need for it for myself. I just haven't experienced any significant trauma. I don't struggle with my mental health. It's also not readily available to me in the way it seems to be for some people. Uh, it's not free or low cost with my insurance. And while I have the occasional problem or issue like everyone else, I'm really close with my parents and siblings who have always been my go-to for lending an ear to listen and support. Um, so am I doing something wrong here? Do I need to be in therapy? I don't think I'm, I don't think he's doing anything wrong. Um... I hear what he's saying. I think, you know, okay. So a, a thing for guys to understand about women on the dating apps mm -hmm. is that one of the me, men on the dating apps, you know, at big asterisk, not everybody, but I think for the most part, men on the dating apps, their problem is they don't get enough matches. Like mm -hmm. our problem is finding somebody who's willing to swipe right and have that conversation and actually get to that, mm -hmm. that first conversation, which is the reasons why for that, we can talk about that. That's a whole different topic. 
for women, and it's this is important for guys to understand, for women, a lot of their problem is sifting through the attention that they're getting, fi- figuring out, finding the right guy out of the inbound attention that they're receiving, right? Mm-hmm. And again, asterisk, depending on who you are, not true for all women, but I think for a lot of women, mm-hmm. that's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a real problem. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of guys, they go like, oh, I would love to have that problem. Yeah, but mm-hmm. different conversation. So the reason I think a lot of women go quickly to like s- sorting by who's in therapy and there are apps where you can like actually like filter mm-hmm. by people who oh, are yeah. in therapy. Yeah. Um, I think the reason they do that is because, you know, they need something to filter by. Right. Mm-hmm. I think this is also why a lot of women put like only six foot and up on their, on their, mm-hmm. you know, cause, cause it's a filter. It's mm-hmm. some way to filter through mm-hmm. what is like just too much stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for this guy, I would say, I think he's doing great. I think I think when somebody asks him, you know, that boilerplate question, have you been to therapy or are you in therapy? His response about like, actually, I'm super lucky to have an amazing family who like listens to me and I can mm-hmm. be vulnerable with. Like, I think my advice to him would be if you don't need therapy, if you're doing awesome on your own, which mm-hmm. God bless you, um, uh, 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 like, let her know that. Like, mm-hmm. Show her that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's what she's looking for. She's looking for for a man. If some, I think if a woman is asking you, do you go to therapy? She's asking, you know, are you able to communicate? Are you mm-hmm. able to regulate your emotions? Mm-hmm. Are you have, you have you done some work on yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know yourself and you know what you bring to a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like he can do that. It sounds like he's mm-hmm. in a, a good place to do that. And so I would say, like, you know, you don't have to say... You don't have to go to therapy to be dating, but like if somebody asks you that, find a way to to show yeah. them that you're that you're able to be vulnerable, that you have those skills. Yeah, understanding the reason behind the question, uh, totally. which is, um, and I think because I'll I'll say where I think that that talk track comes from around men who's in therapy, aside from the fact that you know it's on all those big podcasts with those influencers with almost like a feral female following, like the you know the <laughs> Tinkses and the um, call her daddies, where it's like a man who's in therapy, rah. But I think where it really comes from, and I think a lot of women have had this experience where they go on a first date. Um, and they, and sometimes I, I do think there's gotta be some like account accountability part, like with you know, women, like as far as choosing the topics that you want to talk about, cause what mm-hmm. I've had female friends describe to me is they'll say, well, you know, we, ha- we started having deep conversations and he basically, you know, trauma dumped on me or of sorts, or like, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he told me all these deep stories. I was telling deep stories back. And to me, that meant something. If I'm going to share a story about my childhood trauma or something like that, um, you know, that means only a person who's interested and invested in me would, um, you know, participate in a conversation like that and share their own stories back. Yeah. Um, they'll have those conversations and then, you know, they'll get then following that date, they'll get, you know, a, a, Hey, I'm not ready for a relationship or, you know, not looking for anything serious or something like that. You the same way they would elsewhere. And maybe that's, um, you know, a few, maybe that's one, two, three dates in maybe, you know, those deep conversations, they thought it was really deep and they, you know, get physical with this, with this person. Um, and I think the kind of initial thought process or responses he, he used me for a, th- a free therapy session. Like, yeah. you know, he just yeah. used me for three uh, for free therapy. And, um, you know, if, if, if he was in therapy, this conversation would have been had with his therapist and he would have, yeah. you know, been more emotionally sound or he wouldn't he would know that he's re- not ready to be dating and wouldn't be going on dates. And I think so I think that's where it kind of gets misapplied in a way, because yeah. I think um you know, it's that's sort of the thing people jump to. I, but at the same time, I've known women where it's like, well, I like to ask the deep questions. I mean, it's like if you ask what's your biggest childhood trauma and then someone tells you and has that conversation with you, yeah. like you're going to have these conversations a little more. Um, you know, maybe there's something kind of on your part where you should like rein in. But I think that's kind of where it comes from. 
I would say like the, the at least the podcast talks or like when it's on the podcast where it's he better be in therapy it's you know they have having those experiences where they almost feel like lied to by you know artificial intimacy sure so so you're saying like like a lot of women want a guy who's in therapy because when they go on the first two, three dates, whatever, and he uses the date as therapy. Like it, it, they feel that way after the fact, I think. You build intimacy and then that gets ripped away because mm-hmm. the guy was just using it for therapy. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's good to go to therapy. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, but I do think, you know, I do think dating should be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it is good when you're meeting somebody new to kind of be vulnerable early mm-hmm. because you want to find out as fast as you can um, if your you know if your puzzle piece kind of fits with their puzzle piece. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and you know, uh, sometimes people say like you want to find someone who's who's broken in a way that's compatible with your brokenness, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a little judgy way to put it, but like I think you kind of want to put it on the table, and that's what mm-hmm. I try to do. And it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like that costs you real emotional gas. Mm-hmm. And I think the dates you go on where you don't do that, at least for me, that's mm-hmm. yeah, not really, for me, that's not really moving towards finding what I'm looking for. I'm mm-hmm. not really like finding out if I'm compatible with that person. If we're just going out, skipping the deep stuff and like, mm-hmm. you know, keeping it light. Um, and so I, I guess, you know, I think in my experience talking to women about this, um, I actually haven't heard too much about, and I and I avoid, I guess, a lot of this content, tinks and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't hit me. Um, I I haven't heard women talk too much about worrying about being a therapist on a first few dates. I have heard women worry about getting into a relationship with somebody who's like, just there are just like mines buried down the road mm-hmm. where it's like something that this guy hasn't dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like repressed, 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 and then someday it pops up. Mm-hmm. Um, and guys, we do that a lot. Mm-hmm. We, we get really, really good at bottling stuff up, mm-hmm. right? Because we're told that showing emotion is not what we're supposed to do. Um, that doesn't mean it's not there. Like it's still buried in there and eventually it'll, it can pop up, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to tell these women that there's a solution, right? I mm-hmm. want to say like, just do this thing and you can avoid this, this emotional pain because it's emotional pain. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that you can. I, th- I think you want to be vulnerable. I think you want to put it out there and... When you get that wish you all the best uh, mm-hmm. text back, um, that sucks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the sooner you get that breakup, mm-hmm. the better. Yeah. Because you're saving time. You dodged a bullet. That's not some, if, if it's not somebody who's interested in your vulnerability, if it's not somebody mm-hmm. who's interested, if you've shown yourself to someone and they're not, they're not into it, Mm-mm. move on. Yeah. That's not the person for you. Yeah. I also think, yeah, I think it's also to like the, if you think of like Shrek where it's like ogres have layers and stuff like that. I think there's certain things where it's like, you know, that's a story that can, you know, come over time or can be told over time. Like I think there's kind of those early stages vulnerability that gives you a good sense. But if there's a story that is, you know, very hard for you to tell and you only want to tell it to people that you're truly, truly close with, where even your close friends don't know, like, mm. um, you know, yeah, maybe it makes you feel, build some intimacy with a with a new person but um you know if the idea is you know the only reason I want to tell it to this person is if it's there's a guarantee they'll be serious with me or that it'll be my ticket don't maybe hold hold back from telling that yeah I mean that's a tricky one it depends on what you're looking for Mm -hmm. depends on the kind of person you are for for me and and this is what's so bananas about dating right Mm -hmm. because like you're auditioning people to be your life partner Mm -hmm. you're auditioning people to be the person you're you're like most uh, trusted confidant mm-hmm. you know what I mean which is crazy 
Um, and we use the internet to do it. So you can like choose between thousands of people to try and do this. Yeah. So it's, it's wild. Like this is not, you know, whatever supposed to means, this is not how it's supposed to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's what we got. Uh, you know, I think vulnerability is good. I think, I think it's hard. I think it, it does cost you. I think mm-hmm. you can't go on like too many first dates. I think that's a, you can, it's really easy to burn out on that. I think anybody listening to this has mm-hmm. experienced that. Um, but I think it's what you got to do. I think you mm-hmm. got to bring that vulnerability. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that is also important is I don't think therapy is just a box you can check. Like I think looking at it, like if you are a woman just thinking like, is he in therapy? You know, anyone can go to a gym and say, I went to the gym today and sit there and, you know, write in their journal instead of work out. Um, oh, okay. So I think it's kind of what, what do you like, you know, not and less so the box checking of like how, you know, how long have you been going or when, how, when do you go? But, um, you know, really also, looking at the emotional intelligence on top of, you know, the, um, you know, do you go to therapy? Yes or no kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And I don't really know how to, I mean, you know, being vulnerable with someone is a good way to find out about that. Exactly. If you share something and you're like, gosh, I don't know what kind of things I share about, um, all kinds of stuff. But you know, if I share something and then they reciprocate, Mm -hmm. um, then, you know, then I know that they're able to kind of meet me where I am. They're able to Mm -hmm. like converse on that level. Mm -hmm. Um, and if they're not, that's okay. Maybe we're mm-hmm. just on the same wavelength. Maybe they're just not picking up what I'm putting out. Um, but yeah, you want to find out. You want to find out if you if you click. I think you want to find out if you click on that vulnerable emotional wavelength. Totally. And what what do you think are some good like first second date questions where they can um, you know bring out maybe aren't as scary on the surface, but maybe bring out some of these um, you know more vulnerable conversations. That's a great question. Um. Gosh, I don't know. I I think uh, for me, I think it's less about asking the question and more about like figuring out what can I share, mm-hmm. right? Because when I when I talk about I don't know how I used to be a starving artist and wanted to to I was in New York and I was mm-hmm. trying to be an actor, or whatever. Um, and when I when I had to go through the process of deciding that I wasn't going to do that anymore and I was going to go back to school and learn something mm-hmm. else. Um, I don't know if that's a great example, but something like something like that, like mm-hmm. a vulnerable time in my life where like mm-hmm. I failed at something or I feel like I failed at something, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't failure, you know, it was just changing life direction. But you know, like it's, it's, it's not, it's not like, it's not like, uh, here's cool stuff about me. It's not like mm-hmm. my resume sizzle real. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would share stuff about me and, and kind of talk about what that was like and, you know, try not mm-hmm. to go on too long about it. Cause you don't just like babble, but like, put that on the table and see what they come back with. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if they meet that with like understanding and vulnerability and questions that show that they're actually listening and understanding or, you know, and, or they come back with like, here's something vulnerable about me, you Mm -hmm. know? And cause she's going to know her, obviously she knows her life and experience and and vulnerability better than I do. So yeah, I think, I think the the move is to, I think the move is to be vulnerable yourself mm-hmm. and see what they come back with. And if they're able to meet that vulnerability, then that's that's a good thing. Totally. I love that answer. Yeah. And then my second mailbag question, and this one's a fun one. And I thought it went really well with how we've talked about, you know, catfishing. We've talked about scamming. We've talked about how to have like challenging conversations. And I thought this one might be a good fit for us to go through because, yeah, it kind of covers on all of those how do you and should you confront someone who maybe lied to you on a dating app is kind of the idea um, with him saying she lied about her age. I 39 male have been seeing a woman 40s female for about three months overall now, even though we spent about a month apart during the summer holiday, we met online, her profile showed she was 40. Upon meeting her, 
I confirmed her age, her status, and occupation, as people often forget to update these. Mm. It was her birthday a few weeks ago. I gave a card that had her age written on it, and she didn't say anything about it. Today, she asked me to revise a contract that had her information on it and passport to, and it showed she's actually four years older than she told me. She's 44. I feel like she misled me, and at, at the beginning, I told her that I usually prefer to date women a couple years older than me anyways, but she never would have shown up on my online dating because my age preferences uh, weren't filtered in to show her real age. So what should I do? I do like her, but this really bothers me. How do I confront her about it? Yeah. Wow. There's Okay, there's a lot in this one, and we're not going to get to all of it. Um you know, again, this is another this is another area where I think it's really good for men to understand what it's like for the other side of the dating apps. Age is like such a huge thing for women. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it just is, mm-hmm. and, and, and like we, like we live in a society that tells women they're valuable when they're young, mm-hmm. that tells men that they're valuable when they're successful, mm-hmm. and so you know, for women. And, and I don't want to say they're wrong, but like women, I think, feel like uh, they're undateable or less desirable when mm-hmm. they're older, um, which is bananas and broken and wrong mm-hmm. in all kinds of ways. But it's real. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I, I, I want to have a lot of empathy for her mm-hmm. because I, I understand what she was doing. I understand the pressures that she was feeling. I also want to have empathy for him mm-hmm. because she did deceive him. Mm-hmm. She literally told him a lie. Mm-hmm. Um and I, okay, I, I'm not going to get into like too much detail here, but this happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was with somebody who I uh, really like. Mm-hmm. And you just got to talk through it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you got to like be vulnerable about it. So like, hey, mm-hmm. listen, I this I just got to tell you that like this made me feel deceived. Like, mm-hmm. This made me feel um, trust is an important part of a relationship. You know, mm-hmm. like it, you can say like this does this made me feel like a little bit, it's harder to trust you. Mm-hmm. And trust grows back. You know, it happens. Mm-hmm. Difficult issues in relationships come up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to happen. And in a way, it's good to have those because you'll figure out how do you heal through that. Mm-hmm. But it's real. And I think it's totally legit to say to her, like, hey, listen, I need you to know that this, like, threw me a little bit. This made me feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just need to talk to you about it mm-hmm. um, and just put it on the table. Mm-hmm. And, like, what she comes back with is going to tell you a lot about about your potential connection, right? Mm-hmm. But I would, I, you know, I would approach it with empathy. I would approach it, mm-hmm. like, understanding that that age is, um, it's a real and scary and unfair thing that women have to deal with, especially in dating. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of, like, 39-year-old and, like, quote-unquote 39-year-old women mm-hmm. on the apps. Yeah. Um, you know, because, like, that generation, so I'm 45, and that, uh-huh. that's a lot of the women that I ended up, mm-hmm. I end up matching with and dating. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, these ladies, like, they've been told that they should be able to do it all. Mm-hmm. And so they've frozen their eggs. Mm-hmm. They've chased their careers. They've had relationships that have gone one way or another. But they get to a certain point And, like, it's not like a biological clock thing, but mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of that. But there's a ton of pressure. Mm-hmm. And these women, like, want to start families mm-hmm. to feel fulfilled because mm-hmm. that's what they mm-hmm. – totally legit, right? Um, but, like – it, it takes a lot of time. You have your first kid at 40, mm-hmm. you're going to be 58 when they graduate high school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I just think there's a lot of pressure around that. It's really, really complicated. It touches on really, really difficult stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that's a deal breaker. I wouldn't like run for the hills if I was this guy, mm-hmm. but I would definitely have like a vulnerable conversation about her. Yeah. Her and just put it on the table. Yeah, because I think if there's a vulnerable answer to that, like it, if, you know, it's around, you know, I'm I'm looking for a serious partner. Like I think... It's also, I think, 
because of what we grew up with, I think what our mind correlates with certain ages doesn't really reflect like what we're seeing now. Like when I thought about 30, for example, when I was younger, like most people I knew their parents had them by 30. Yeah. Um, When I was a kid, it was like, oh, you know, their parents had them in their mid 20s and stuff like that. So to me, growing up 30 was this big, scary age for me. And I think, um, you know, now that I am 30, um, you know, I think there's I would say probably about half the friends, half to three quarters are, are married you know, maybe a quarter have one young child, um, mm-hmm. if that. And those are the ones that are maybe a little bit older than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the 30-year-olds are still having fun. Like, I look back at the parent pictures from, you know, when they were 30, and it just looks different. Just like how people compare the new Sex in the City version to be how they're the same age as the Golden Girls and how just different their lives are. <laughs> um, but I think there is sort of... Those those views are in our head, like what a forty year old woman is in your mind versus what a yeah. forty year old woman is, and how you know energetic, lively, you know, forty can be. Yeah, is very different. But I think we grew up in a different time. I think it's exactly right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's just, it's just so different for depending on your age. But it's just so the world is so different than it was for your parents. Mm-hmm. Talk about like life stages, like buying a house, being able to afford like your own space, career stuff just goes slower. Aging mm-hmm. stuff. Like, we, I just think we're a lot healthier now than our parents mm-hmm. were. Like, there's not lead in the gasoline, you know? Yeah. Like, that's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I do think, I mean, I, I'm, again, I'm 45 and I, I don't feel like I, you know, I look back at my dad when he was 45 and I love mm-hmm. my dad. He's amazing, super healthy guy. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just a different, it's a different life stage. It's a different, it's a different track. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The age the age thing is really, really tricky and really weird. I don't have a clear answer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's good to kind of just stay open-minded about it, stay honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's also the challenge with like the dating apps as well is just those filters. Like, you know, there's I think there's some people that do it. Because I've, um, on the kind of female side, when I was single, I would see, you know, guys on there. Because it's like, you know, there, there can be, you know, you know, great looking 45 year olds, but there's a difference between a 35 year old and a 45 year old or a 25 year old and a 35 year old. And some of those, um, you know, I, I definitely had been on some dates where it was like, I think this guy's a little older than what he said. And I think sometimes it's more, it's less so, it, it, it's more so I think that they want to maybe be in a younger woman's pool of people. Um, maybe they, the idea is like, you know, I've, I've dated younger women before. If they met me in person or when they meet me in person, I won't feel old to them. Like, you know, they're probably picturing like an older curmudgeon when they think of a 40-year-old. Yeah. Um, but I, I think when it happened, like, and I, I noticed the ID when he was kind of showing, um, paying for the drinks, it was kind of like, damn it, you tried to lie to me. And I, I, it bugged me a lot. Like, I, I didn't like it. It wasn't by that many years, but it was, I think, one of those like rounded numbers. I think it was like said he was mid, late 30s and it was like 40 or something. And I think yeah. it probably had to do with like a lot of people stopped their range at a rounded number. Yeah. And, and you know, and this is like the guys who who round up their height to six foot. You mm-hmm. know? Like, I, and, I'm, and I'm not going to lie. I, I, so I am 5'11 and three quarters. Mm-hmm. I absolutely put six foot on my dating apps. Yeah. Because that's the cutoff. Right? My personal take is that a lot of, most people don't know how tall they are. I, I really, <laughs> I think guys never go to the doctor. Like that's a fun, it's like one of my goofy takes is like guys never go to the doctor. I think a lot of times guys will be like, how tall, wait, you're, you're how tall? And I thought I was 5'11 and you're six foot. We're the same height. Okay. I'm six foot now. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I think it's like yeah. a lot of that. I think I'm in Texas. So a lot of guys will wear cowboy boots and that adds to height. So yeah. I think that's my personal take on the height thing. As long as you're not going six inches or something, like I think it's there's some grace to be given there. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's tricky. I mean, my my personal approach, and I'm not telling anybody they're wrong. Again, I you know I I um, yeah, this has happened to me where a woman has has put a different age on on the dating app. But like, I think the move is to be honest. Mm-hmm. 
you know, again, I, I added, you know, a quarter of an inch to my height on, on, on whatever, Bumble or whatever. But like, um, I think you want to be as honest as you can. And it's really, really hard to like actually represent yourself on a dating app because the dating apps that have succeeded are like four pictures and some blurbs. Mm -hmm. Like you're not getting a lot of information, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it, with whatever that is, you want to be as honest as you can, at least like, let me put it this way, at least mm -hmm. for guys, you want to be as honest as you can. Um, because if, you know, uh, assume the best mm -hmm. make your dating app profile assuming and go into dating assuming that it's going to go well right plan for success and when it doesn't succeed that's okay you know have the resolve have the friends to support you get ready to get back on that horse whenever you can but plan to succeed right because mm -hmm. you're there to succeed do not use the apps do not date defending yourself against the the bad crap that's out there and the bad crap that's out there is bad you are going to meet people who are going to be disingenuous who are going to criticize you for whatever not not whatever all kinds of stuff right mm -hmm. but i don't think you i, I think you want to plan for success and not not plan to defend yourself against the the painful stuff and i get that that's hard um and i, and I think kind of the same for women you know plan for success like mm -hmm. I, I think well, for women, I think it's different. I think I think for women, I would advise set up your app, set up your profile, do your swiping and date, mm -hmm. trying to filter out the people who are not for you. Mm -hmm. Like assume that you're going to have a whole bunch of, of guys swiping right on you and try to filter out the guys who are, um, who you're not going to be interested in, right? Like kind mm -hmm. of put your weird out there and r really try to attract that guy who... Um, who's going to get you, who's, mm -hmm. who's going to get that part of you that you might feel a little vulnerable about, about putting out there. Because again, for women, I think the big problem is too much, mm -hmm. too much inbound attention. Does that make sense? Yeah. Anyway, I got a little off track there, but no, totally agree. And I think, um, having the attitude of just assuming best intention is like, cause I, I think I've had times where I would be dating or going on dates where maybe I just wasn't in the best headspace where it was like, totally. you go on the date where it's like, this is another guy who's here to screw me over. And like, just the attitude, like, I don't, it's, I feel like you see this plot in movies a, a lot or something like that. Um, but I've definitely been on dates where it's just like, you feel like the other person assumes you're evil and you're assuming they're evil where it's like, Oh, I bet you're just going to ghost me anyway. And it's like, those are not fun conversations to have. Yeah. They never, they're not, it's not like the movies where those lead to like some sort of like playful banter. It's a waste yeah. of your time and everyone else's. And it just makes everyone more miserable. Yeah. Like being kind of, you know, whether it's going to therapy or be, just being in a good headspace as you go about dating and, you know, have it in you, the emotional intelligence to assume the best. Um, also when you assume the best, like, assholes reveal themselves more quickly I, in my opinion i think that's true mm -hmm. i think that's true and yeah and uh, you know let's be real it's not easy mm -hmm. like this advice is not just like flip a switch check a box yes i'm going to be vulnerable i'm going to mm -hmm. assume the best i'm going to get out there um yeah I, I you know i think if you're on the apps and you find yourself like getting mad at people if you mm -hmm. find yourself swiping and being like getting cranky about someone who you've looked at four of their pictures and seen some of their posts and you're kind of like getting mm -hmm. butthurt about like oh you're nah, nah, nah. that's a good sign mm -hmm. that it's ready to, that you're ready to take a break you know yeah. what i mean um, and if you're making your profile and you're updating your profile and you want to say something snarky about like, I don't know, please know whatever, like whatever you're mm -hmm. mad about because you got some match and somebody was rude. That's a good sign that you're ready to take a break because mm -hmm. like you, 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 yeah, plan for success. You want to bring that positivity. You want to bring like, there is something awesome and unique and amazing about you and you want to bring that as much as you can which is not easy because, again, mm -hmm. it's a really crude tool to learn about someone else, right? But you, as much as you can in those four pictures and in the blurb, 
you want to bring that unique, beautiful side of you to the app so that the person out there who is looking for that unique, beautiful thing can mm-hmm. find you. Yes. And it's not easy and it's not going to happen fast, but I, I do think it's, I think it's the way to go. Totally. And everyone has a unique and beautiful side of themselves. And if you so. haven't found it, I challenge you to find it. Yeah. 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 Um, this has been a great conversation, Scott. Where can everyone find you? Where can we find, wish you all the best? Where can, um, what else do we need to know? What else is going on in the world of Scott before we take off? You're so kind. Wish you all the best is, is my podcast. It's a passion project. I don't really promote it very well. Um, but if you're into it or if you know a guy who you think is struggling with dating, that's that's really who I want to have come listen to me is dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mostly it's ladies because they mm-hmm. like listening to this stuff. Uh, but it's mostly for dudes. So yeah, it's just wish you all the best wherever you find podcasts. I have an Instagram, wish you all the best pod. Yeah, the podcast is the place to find me. <laughs> awesome. Um, and what days does it come out? Anything, any new episodes coming out? It's whenever? It's whenever I can find cool. somebody who wants to have a convo. Um, I've got some cool ones coming up soon. Um, mm-hmm. Some folks that I've just sort of met randomly on the internet. Um, but so in the next couple of weeks, there should be some some new ones up. Awesome. Well, it's been great to finally meet you in person. I love this is like my favorite part of the kind of social media, TikTok personality content experience. And it's been an honor having you here today. It's been so amazing to be here. Thank you so much. And congrats on how awesome this is all going for you. You're so good at it. I'm so glad you're out there doing your thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep doing it. Absolutely. I'm happy to come on anytime. Awesome. Yay. Thanks so much. Thank you.